Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom He died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the Scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God regardless of who gets offended or not. In Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. One of the big questions that is often asked and actually that we get attacked for by cultists is the question of whether or not hell is eternal. Is hell eternal? According to the Holy Scriptures, friend, is hell eternal? Yes, hell is eternal according to the Word of God. And nothing anyone does from here till Christ returns to argue against it is going to change that fact. The scriptures clearly demonstrate, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, most of all, that hell is eternal. It will be. Actually, it's not eternal in the sense that, well, it is eternal, but it's going to be thrown into the lake of fire but it's still going to be hell in the midst of the lake of fire. I don't know how many details we actually are given on that, but we are informed and told by God concerning hell that it is a place of eternal torment, inescapable, irreversible, eternal torment. You see, somebody has to pay for our sins for eternity. And if we do not accept Christ full propitiatory payment, his atoning sacrifice for our sins, then we're left to pay for our own sins for all eternity. This is the just judgment of a God who is holy, holy, holy on any rebellious subject of his creation. And so we should think it not strange and beware of the cultists, beloved. One of the marks of a cult is that they deny the impending and eternal payment or in punishment, penalty for dying outside of Christ. They always minimize hell. That is a mark of a cult. Jehovah Witness, a lot of these other cults that are spuriously springing up all over the place. Let's get right into the word here with Mark chapter 9. I want you to look at the end of Mark chapter 9 with me. Now, before we read this passage, I want to say this. It's only an antichrist. That's right. Somebody who places something in place of Christ or some teaching in place of Christ's teaching. That's the spirit of Antichrist we're warned against in 1 John 4, verse 1 through 3. That's the spirit of Antichrist to pervert the words of the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Only an Antichrist would teach what contradicts the teachings of Jesus and his holy apostles. For example, every cult, as I mentioned earlier, known to man, rejects the clear teachings of the Son of God concerning eternal punishment in hell for all who die outside of Him. Christ made it clear that hell is real, it is actual, it is literal, it is tormenting consciously, and it is eternal. Listen to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Any person who can argue against this self-evident, crystal clear revelation of hell being eternal is an antichrist. Mark 9, beginning in verse 43, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. 
That's speaking of any sin that causes you to be outside of the Lord. There's 17 of them listed in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, and that is written to believers. Those are what I call soul damning sins. And if thy hand offend thee, Jesus says, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire. So he says that if you die in sin, you're going to go to hell. Then he says, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Notice the word never. I want you to mark this up. I want you to take close heed to this passage. You'll never doubt if you're a true born-again believer that has the Holy Spirit in you. You're walking in an abiding relationship with Christ. You will never, after getting this scripture passage in your heart and mind, you will never doubt that hell is eternal. Jesus says, into the fire that never, never, never shall be quenched. Does that need any interpretation? No. Verse 44, where their worm dieth not. What does that mean? That's an idiom, you can look it up, that speaks of consciousness. Where their worm or their consciousness dieth not. And the fire is not quenched. Notice again, the fire is not quenched. So, we learned so far in this passage that hell is for those who don't cut off their hands and pluck out their eyes, if you will. They don't get rid of the sins that are offensive to a God who is holy, holy, holy. That's what hell's for. It's not created for man, but for the devil and his angels. But God sends men who die in rebellion against him to hell. And we also learn that our conscience, first of all, again, that hell is forever. It never, the fires of hell will never be quenched. And then we learn, number three, that in verse 44, that their worm dieth not, or their consciousness will never cease as they're tormented in the flames of hell. And the fire is not quenched. The fires of hell will never be quenched. They are eternal, and they will eternally feed upon the helpless, hopeless souls of all those who die in sin, who do not die in right standing with God, whether they were right somewhere previously in their life or not. If they die in sin, they spend eternity in hell. And if you still believe once saved, always saved, my friend, I want to encourage you to get into God's word because that is not a biblical teaching at all. In fact, the only way it's mentioned in scripture is to be mentioned as the message of the false teachers and the false prophets. It's clearly unbiblical. There's no promise in all of God's word that says that you can get saved and then you're okay. You're once saved, always saved, and doesn't matter what you do, you don't have to abide in Christ and endure to the end and continue to the end, you're still going to go to heaven. That is an absolute abomination. That is a teaching that has sent and is sending millions upon millions to hell. In fact, look around you at those who claim to be saved, yet they have no intention of abiding in Christ, which would mean that they would cut off their hand and pluck out their eye, because that's his teaching right here in Mark 9, to get rid of the sin that would offend God, lest your whole body be cast into hell. Also, we have a book called Lie of the Ages that from Scripture, from Holy Scripture, thoroughly addresses this topic. Verse 45 here in Mark 9 says, And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life, enter halt into life, in other words, without your feet or without a foot, than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Again, 
it never shall be quenched. Verse 46, where the worm or the consciousness dieth not or does not cease, and the fire is not quenched, if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Over and over, Jesus is repeating himself because of the horrid, absolute, excruciating pain that awaits every eternal soul. It's unending in eternal hell, the domain of the damned, which is irreversible. It's irrevocable and it is eternally conscious. You're going to be conscious forever if you go to hell. Your soul is going to be conscious wherever you are, in heaven or in hell. And in heaven, there is eternal bliss to be experienced. If you want to read more about that, read the last two chapters of the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22, and get a glimpse. The Apostle Paul wrote, No eye hath seen or ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And those that love him repent, they get saved, and they keep all logs out of their eyes. They keep they cut off their hands, they pluck out their eyes, they stay clear of any sin that would separate them from God because they love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not just so they can miss hell, but because they love Him and they obey Him because they love Him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He taught in John 15 also that only those that abide in Him would remain in Him and would be with Him eternally. But those who did not abide in saving fellowship with him, which means that you become personally holy through the grace of God and the power of God by submitting your life to God because you love him above yourself. Those that don't remain in a place of abiding holiness will be taken like a branch and cast into the fire, the fires of eternal damnation. John 15, verse 5, I believe it is in 6. All right, the last verse, verse 49 of Mark 9 says, For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Now, what is he saying here? Well, salt is a preservative. And he's saying, again, he's reiterating continually, compound reiteration here. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice, that's every soul that goes to hell, shall be salted with salt. In other words, he shall, that's an idiom, meaning if you go to hell, you're going to be preserved in hell. Your consciousness is going to be preserved so that you suffer excruciating eternal pain for your sins against your judge and creator, the one who sent his only begotten son to die for your sins and is holy, holy, holy. You're going to suffer eternally if you die in sin. Now, I would call the cultists, the atheists, and anyone who denies the reality of an eternal hell and conscious suffering. I would call them, in a nice way, a wishful thinker. And nothing they say or believe is going to change the immutable counsel of the eternal God who said, what if some do not believe? Shall that make the faith of the word of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, 
Let God be true and every man a liar. Now, listen to the words of Melanie Dixon, who writes concerning the eternal nature of hell. She says this, Anyone that does not teach on this subject of hell exactly the way Jesus did is antichrist. There is no softening the reality of hell, whether it is a self-proclaimed atheist telling others there is no hell, or the people-pleasing, soft-spoken Sunday school teacher who just can't seem to tell the student that a literal place of fire and torment exists, both are operating by the spirit of Antichrist. It is a black and white issue, Melanie says. She says, it is cut and dry. There is a lake of fire and many are going to it. As Christians, we are to speak the truth and love. And that is the truth, unquote, from Melanie Dixon. I would say that it rightly defines and speaks of, of the biblical teaching on hell and that we must teach what the Bible says and die to self and refuse to be driven by and controlled by what other people are going to think or think or say. The scripture tells us at the judgment of the lost, that's all those who die outside of Christ. Now, there will be many there who die who had once been saved and fell away. This is Revelation 20, 11 through 15. The books are going to be open, the books of the Bible, and the books of God, perhaps, on our lives, where everything is, we thought word and deed is recorded. And he says death and hell are going to be cast into the lake of fire. Now, another passage that speaks of the eternal nature of hell is going to be Matthew 25. Let's look at Matthew 25. All right, Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say unto them, this is Jesus teaching. He says, then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Whoa, into what fire? Everlasting fire. Could it be any plainer than that? No. Again, Jesus tells us that the fires of hell are what? Everlasting. What does that mean? What's well, a compound word? Two words put together into one. Cognitive scaffolding. Lasting ever. Everlasting. What does that mean? It lasts forever. Everlasting. Not temporal. Jesus could have put, you know, a thousand years or temporal fire but he said everlasting fire prepare for the devil and his angels in verse 46 of this passage in matthew 25 jesus says and these shall go away into everlasting punishment again punishment that is everlasting or lasting forever so jesus here in this passage uses the terms everlasting fire and everlasting punishment i have a lady years ago telling me that god was not going to punish the wicked well god is going to punish the wicked and it's going to be in a place called hell in the center of the earth which is ultimately going to be cast into and engulfed by a lake or ocean of fire, okay, inescapable, excruciating, eternal torment lies ahead for all who die outside of Christ. Now, before we go to our next passage, I want to read a little comment made by the late Donald Stamps in the Life in the Spirit Study Bible concerning the first passage we read from Mark 9, the end of Mark 9. I want you to become very familiar, my friend, with this passage and have it ready to share with others and pour over it yourself and note the specific divinely designed wording of Christ to 
articulate and convey and to reveal to us the eternal nature of hell and how important it is. It's the most important thing in your life to escape the fires of eternal damnation, to cut off your hand and pluck out your eye, to get rid of any sin that you've been justified. The Bible says, he that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You got to confess and repent of those sins and God will have mercy and forsake them. Now, the thing is, when you truly repent, you turn your life back to God who made it. And that's how you overcome sin, not by wrestling with the sin, but by repenting because you've offended a God who is holy, holy, holy. Go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21 and read the 17 soul damning sins listed there. Now, Donald Stamps of Mark 9 writes, Hell, the place of unquenchable fire, is so terrible that every influence of sin must be opposed and rejected, whatever the cost. Sin must be put to death. We must never stop waging war against it through the Holy Spirit. All right, Jesus in another place in Mark 8, 36 and 37, he says, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? First, he says, that if a man gains even the whole world and loses his own soul, what shall it profit him? And what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? There's nothing worse. Let me put it this way. There's nothing more important than praying today, crying out to God in the fear of God, that he would unite your heart to fear his holy name, and he is holy, 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 and that he would preserve your soul unto eternal life. In fact, that's what Jude speaks of in the book of Jude when he says, beginning in verse 20, Jude says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So he exhorts and instructs us to prayer. And while praying in the Holy Ghost, and as you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're building yourself up so that you're not weak. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You're building yourselves up on your most holy faith when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Verse 21, keep yourselves. In other words, maintain, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So praying those two things, let me encourage you. Pray Psalm 86, 11. David prayed, quote, unite my heart to fear thy name, unquote. And according to Jude, verse 21, that the Lord would preserve you and keep you in his love unto everlasting life. And you remember, Jesus taught that only those who endure to the end are going to be saved. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself into thinking that somehow God's going to hold out mysterious mercy on you in the end and save your soul into heaven and give make excuse for you while you blatantly live in deliberate disobedience to him while in this life. Romans 6.16 tells us, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. That's Romans 6.16. And right after that, verse 23, he says, The wages of sin is death. Remember, the wages of sin is still death. God is eternal. He's unchanging. Now listen to this last verse before we close, speaking again of hell and how it's going to be an open pit for those in the millennial reign of Christ on the earth to be able to look down into. Last verse of Isaiah, the whole book of Isaiah, Isaiah 66, 20 
4 he says and they shall go forth the peoples of the earth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me against god for their worm shall not die see god used this in the old testament this idiom their consciousness shall not die neither shall their fire be quenched and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh notice that god is going to allow us to peer into hell for eternity in demonstration and as an eternal memorial of his holiness and being that he's holy 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 revelation 4 8 and isaiah 6 3 he must punish all sin and all who die with sin on their record because they refuse to abide in and enjoy and experience a saving relationship with his only begotten son whom he sent as the only sacrifice the atoning sacrifice the propitiation by shedding his blood for all the sins of mankind but that blood is only appropriated by those who repent turn to the lord fully and completely and abide in christ to the end of their lives do not be deceived my beloved friend hell is eternal and the excruciating torment will never end upon the helpless souls of all who go to the domain of the damned please visit safeguardyoursoul.com well brothers and sisters it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the word of god and remember there's hundreds of more christ-centered scripture rich edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios there's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in christ they're all scripture rich and christ-centered also tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.